0: I know you enjoy these CEO stories as much as I've enjoyed recording them. So thank you for listening today. And if you like what you've heard, rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. I'm looking forward to you joining me on the next great middle market CEO adventure into the corner office. Today, my guest is Justin Rothling-Schufer, co-founder of Own It Coaching, whose mission is to redeem the health of the world. Justin centers his performance-enhancing programs on a holistically integrated approach to health and performance. His core philosophy is that performance is realized when health is optimized, and we cannot separate physical, emotion, mental, and spiritual health. Own It Coaching is a coaching company that applies this health and performance philosophy to clients ranging from NHL stars to Fortune 500 executives to entrepreneurs, all looking to take the next step and level up. Justin has spoken at dozens of events, including the TEDx stage, and he's the host of the Sports Science and Recovery podcast and the Own It show. Additionally, Justin is the author of three best best-selling books with more on the way. Whether in his coaching, writing, or speaking, Justin is well regarded for his ability to take complex scientific topics and distill them into practical, applicable action steps. He has a rare combination of the ability to understand the science of sports performance, sleep, and recovery on a deep level. While being able to translate and distill the complex topics into a form others can actually use, he lives in South Florida with his wife Elise, who is also CEO of OwnIt. Justin, welcome into the corner office. Brand, it's so great to be here. I just really appreciate you and your heart and your mission
1: and everything that you've got going on. And so, um, hopefully, you're staying staying nice and warm in the in the cool uh, <laughs> Florida mornings here.
0: Well, ditto to you. And we were just talking before the podcast. I was in the 40s this morning, but uh, we can't complain. The sun is out. It's going to be warming up to a beautiful day. You're down in South Florida today. Where do we find you?
1: Yes, sir. Down in Miami, Florida. So that's that's where home is, and it's just been a beautiful spot down here. We we enjoy it. My wife and I um, are down in Coral Gables, and it's uh, it's one of those places that you wake up and you you can't de- decide whether you're going to go to the beach, go to the jungle, or um, just hang out in uh, um, in the city.
0: Well, gotta love it. And, and speaking of the cold, I know your life didn't begin. In the warm climes. Uh tell no, us a little bit about your early years, where you grew up and what your early family life was like.
1: Yeah, so I was born and raised up in northwest Canada. And so I don't know where the audience necessarily is in terms of geography, but um we're talking Edmonton, Alberta. So if north northwest Canada. So think about go over to like Washington and Montana and go straight north about um let's call it. 12 hours. And so I say, um, when I grew up, uh, winter took about seven to eight months of the year and I got a really short spring and fall, um, and about two, two to three months of, uh, of summer. And so, um, I, I still remember growing up there, it was not uncommon to have, uh, three to four weeks a year of like minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit and, um, five to six feet of snow and, uh, go to, go to school in the dark, come home in the dark, (laughs) just really short and, um, uh, cold days.
0: Well, I know it now. I know how much you love Florida and why.
1: (laughs) That's right. That's right.
0: Brothers and sisters. Tell us a little bit about your family.
1: Yeah, so uh, I've got one sister. She's younger than I am. uh, And uh, she was actually a teacher. um, Unbelievable at curriculum, unbelievable at uh, just managing people, teaching people. And uh, we've since... um, taken her into retirement of uh teaching uh the traditional way and brought her into uh own it our company as uh our head of curriculum and um really making sure that she's uh she's using her skill sets uh in a little bit of a different way so that's been really fun um and then obviously I've got uh, both my parents who uh they love to come down to Florida and see us uh down here and escape the cold of Edmonton so um say that again? Oh yeah. They're, they're, they're still there. They're still there. That's, that's, that's where that's home to them. They're, um, they've again, born and they're born and raised, um, in that area. My mom, a little bit more in, in rural Alberta. So grew up on the farm. Um, and my dad, uh, was born in Vancouver, but raised in Edmonton. And so, um, it was, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been very unique in terms of leaving and now living down in the U.S. Um, the only person in my family that really has ever left uh, Edmonton or the, uh, the Alberta area. And um, it's it's just been cool to be able to expose them to um, the American way of living and just having access to some of these uh, different climates and um, to some of the, the advantages that uh, living in the U.S. brings.
0: Is mom and dad still working? Do they still
1: have a business? Or yeah, a business? so my mom—that's that, actually—it's a great question, and I get that question a lot. Is where did like the entrepreneurial bug for me come from? And uh, to be honest with you, my mom um, still works. She's an orthodontist assistant, and uh, my dad retired uh, three years ago. Uh, he was uh, a um, uh, executive for Blue Cross uh, Alberta Blue Cross, um, so a branch of Blue Cross Blue Shield. Blue Shield. Yeah. It, And the, the big thing for me was as a kid, I was just so loved and provided such, um, amazing opportunities for, um, for, for just making mistakes, I call it. And, um, just, just allowing myself to, to explore and do the things that I, uh, was passionate about and, I, I've just had this entrepreneurial bug from a very young age, and I think when it first set in was uh, just not wanting to follow the rules, <laughs> like wanting to wanting to bend the rules a little bit, wanting to uh, explore uh, deep levels of curiosity, wanting to know how things worked, uh, wanting to challenge the status quo, um, wanting to find a more efficient way of doing things, uh, wanted to find uh, a better or different way of doing things, and so that was just always innately in me. And I think the fact that I just grew up in such a loving home um, it gave me the the confidence and the um, uh, the conviction to continue to keep chasing um, th- that uh, that entrepreneurial bug that that I didn't know at that point was that, but uh, ultimately turned into that over the course of time.
0: Did you grow up in a faith based family, Christian family?
1: I did. Yeah. A very, very Christian home. Um, My, my mom is a viciously praying woman who um, (laughs) was, uh, and for all you praying moms out there, God bless you because you're, you're going to change the course of, um, of your family lineage. So I can, I I encourage you to keep leaning into that because uh, I just say all the time, the, the fact that my mom was praying for me so heavily before I was born, and um, just over me as a as a child and as a as a baby. Um, I I came to know God in a in a deep deep relationship with Jesus at the age of seven, and um, was uh, was able to hear the voice of God. And um, at eleven years old, actually, was the first time that I was. Uh, able to articulate what it was that was coming that I was hearing. And it was Justin, you're going to redeem the health of the world. And that Mm -hmm. was, um, that was really my, my first step into like what my true mission purpose and vision was. And, um, it was really confirmed in me about a year later, uh, was a hockey player and was playing with 13, 14 year olds as a 12 year old. And my dad said to me, Sun talent will get you noticed, but consistency will get you paid. And it resonated so heavily with me because I was like, man, how do I become the most consistent version of myself? What does this look like? And I just developed this deep obsession with wanting to know exactly what I needed to do, exactly what. Um, actions I needed to take exactly what behaviors I needed to operate from exactly what data I needed to drive um, these, these decisions uh, on a day-to-day basis. And so I started to measure heart rate variability. I started to measure my heart rate when I was sleeping. What age are we now? What, when was it? I'm still, I'm still 12 and 13. Like this (laughs) this is, this is like, this is again, like literally a month later. Um and I said and I I I still remember I said to my dad um and mom for Christmas uh of my 13th of my 13 uh year old Christmas year uh I said hey I want a heart rate monitor for Christmas and they said what are you sick is something wrong like what's going on and I was like no 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 don't worry about it like this is this is something that is used for um health and performance and understanding like your body better and you have to remember like this is back in like nineteen ninety nine yeah um, and so <laughs> there like a heart rate monitor is like a thousand bucks where like today you can get them for fifty sixty seventy dollars and uh, th- and they're everywhere and so I said, I need you guys just to pool your money. You can pool grandma and grandpa's money on both sides. You can pool my aunt and uncle's money. You can pool your guys's money for Christmas and birthdays. I just, I just need this thing. (laughs) Like I need to be able to figure this stuff out. And so, Started to measure heart rate variability, started to look at heart rate while I was sleeping, heart rate while I was training. Got my blood work from all my doctors and was reading medical journals to try to figure stuff out. Like I was deep, deep, deep into this stuff. Like I was a weird kid. Um, I stood out and uh, while everyone else was reading comic books, I was reading medical journals while everybody else was playing video games. I was um, analyzing data. And so it was just a big... Uh, Obsession of mine that uh, ultimately um, led to when I finally stepped foot into my first uh, university and college course down here in the States. It came down on a hockey scholarship. Um, It it just resonated so heavily, and I I felt like I had been doing this for years. Um, If you think about it, from the ages of 13 through 18, I'd already been deep into it for five years before I even stepped foot in a college classroom. And so Um, came down to the States, got a double undergraduate degree in exercise science and nutrition, then went and got my master's degree in exercise physiology, uh, with a concentration in sports performance, and then did my postgraduate doctoral work in heart rate variability and sleep science, um, paired with a, um, uh, a degree in massage therapy. And so really just looking at health holistically allowed me to, really understand the body in a different way and start to be able to call out some of the nuances and misconceptions and what I call today a lot of bold faced lies that exist in this health of in this space and industry of health and wellness.
0: Did you feel the Lord leading you through that period you know from the age of 10 or 12 until your early 20s and going to college and And, so what did what did that look like?
1: It's a great question. I look back on this time and and I'll get, I'll, I'll get open and vulnerable in this. Um, I was always somebody who is mission driven and pulling the track sometimes faster than God was laying it down. Um, and I wanted things so badly. For example, um, in my hockey career, I, I just wanted to play. Like I wanted to be, be in the NHL. That was my goal. And, I think I played for four junior teams over the course of a three-year period um, just because I've put myself into positions, teams that I should have never put myself in. For an example, um, I uh, left home at 17 and uh, went to go try out for a team. And the coach right at the onset said, hey, we don't have a roster spot for you Um but we love your work ethic. We love everything you're doing. You can be a a third goaltender and really challenge for uh, a starting opportunity. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to knock everybody out. I'm going to be in this space. And when in actuality, it was just a lot of lip service to keep me there. And it would have probably been better to go home and uh, to develop and continue to play and actually um, uh, get reps. And so halfway through that year, um, I got bored and frustrated from actually not getting to play. And so I went to a different team. And so that was kind of the theme that I saw through this time. But when you ask your question, Brant, of were you being led through this, it was my hockey career that I was wanting to be God ordained and God blessed, Mm -hmm. but it was my passion and understanding in the health space that was actually being blessed and touched and, and continuing to be developed. And,
0: um, were there some course corrections over time? And it sounded like you kind of had a couple of those, right? A t- totally.
1: hundred percent. Like the, if you, if you think about it coming back, like the, the last team that I, um, ultimately played for in Cornwall, um, before coming down on a hockey scholarship, it was just a very blessed place for me. Um, not even, not only getting to play, but also, um, that's where I met one of my, uh, mentors, but my mentor was not in the hockey space. It was in the health and performance space and, um, uh, was just able to speak life into me, was able to help develop me, was help able to help, uh, me get reps in really understanding, um, uh, this health and performance, uh, industry. And then coming down to the U S to be honest with you on uh, the school that I came to down here in Massachusetts, just, uh, again, wasn't playing a whole ton, um, when it comes to hockey, but, uh, was able to have two, um, two mentors again, that just saw this young, passionate intelligent individual and took them under their wings and uh um, poured into we were, you. Yeah, yeah. just poured yeah. into me. We were doing we were doing master's degree um studies as an undergraduate, like just really cool things that are not typically available to people. Um and uh they were leading the field when it came to uh cellular optimization and Uh, a lot of these deep internal metrics like, um, heart rate variability and, uh, coordination with, uh, with sleep quality. And so all of these things that you look back on and just go, man, just God had this path for me. And as much as I wanted them to be blessed in the, in the realm of hockey to go to the NHL as a player, um, he had different plans. And the moment that, um, I surrendered to that and and really accepted that was was the moment that things began to flourish again
0: sometimes discernment takes some time
1: you know what and I think and I think that to be honest with you has been the biggest learning path for me from 25 to 35 was learning what that discernment actually meant uh, yeah. Rich Wilkerson says uh, all the time that spiritual maturity is is the shortening of time between hearing God's voice and taking action. And <laughs> I'd love I, to
0: repeat that. That's a good one. Yeah, the, the,
1: the definition of spiritual maturity is shortening the length of time between hearing God's voice and taking action. And so <laughs> for, for me, it was, um, I would say that's the been the biggest growth over the last 10 years. And, uh, but also I think the, the biggest, reason for the success and the um and the guidelines of what we've been able to create and build that is so different when it comes to the marketplace and why we get so so many different results and why it resonates with people differently because it is different it's not something that i created it's something that that god has just poured truth into yeah. and when you can establish something from this level of uniqueness i think it gives you uh, a, uh, an unfair advantage to anybody else doing uh, doing business or life without that that level of uh, discernment and hearing God.
0: What were those first jobs you took out of college after you finished your education down in the states?
1: Yeah, so as I finished, um, my first first opportunity was with the Columbus Blue Jackets. I was uh, an intern with them, and I really got an opportunity to um, help shape an organization and how they use data to, uh, drive performance and health for their athletes. And that really kind of put me on the map a little bit, because again, you have to think about it as a 23 year old, 24 year old, uh, you're having an impact, um, on an industry, but also for the people who are owning those roles, they're, 35 to 50 and so yeah, yeah. um just a very young young man coming in and, and with uh, a lot of new ideas too right I mean you kind a of a lot of new that. ideas yeah. a lot of new ideas a lot of things that were very contrarian at the time a lot of things that were very unproven um and unstudied and uh again looking back on it I learned so much about leadership I learned so much about um communication and Looking back on, it, I'm like, man, if if only you knew what you know now, um, I would
0: have approached. <laughs> That's many a recurring situations. theme, Justin. <laughs> I, know,
1: I would have approached many situations differently, um, but I think again, God God has you in those roles and has you go through those things for a reason, so that you can develop into the leader that you are today. Um, and I, I wouldn't have been equipped to run the company and the business that I have today because I wasn't the leader that I am today. I wasn't the communicator I am today. I wasn't the um, uh, quite frankly, the man of God that I am today. And so these are the things that I needed to learn. I needed to mature. I needed to develop in order to really step into the true calling mission and vision of what God had for me, not what I've had for myself. And, um, which, which also propels me forward going from Columbus into, uh, Miami of Ohio, where, um, I was the director of performance for the hockey program there, um, had great success, Uh, From there went uh, and did some consulting work with the Washington Capitals. And then from there went full time with the Anaheim Ducks. And that was really my journey uh, through and uh, just saw some like really powerful things that were happening, but was also able to make some really great changes in the industry and using data to drive performance, using data to drive health, using data to drive personalization. Because when I got there, everybody trained the same, everybody supplemented mm-hmm. the same, everybody worked um, worked out the same, everybody practiced the same, everybody recovered the same, slept the same, traveled the same. But then everybody wondered why all the results were
0: the same. <laughs> same. <laughs> like, why, why are we getting injured? Same injury, system, right? same hurts, same, same exactly. illness. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Why are we getting hurt the same? Why are we getting injured the same? Why are we getting sick the same time? Why are we like fatiguing out at the same time? Well, if you want something different, you have to do something different. You have to approach these guys as individuals. And, and we started to see again, the lowest injury rates in this in in the league, the lowest sickness rates in the league, the highest levels of um, energy and performance towards the end of the year. And these things started to stand out. And so you started to get this name and notoriety again. and. This is where it really kind of clicked for me because in 2019, um, uh, again, I was extremely fit, um, working out, training, eating well, all the things that you're told to do. But I started to just get this massive brain fog and I started to get these, these body aches I never had before. And I started to get this indigestion I never had before. And I started to get this inability to sleep that I never had before. I started to get this fatigue that
0: I never had before. Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, what is happening?
0: And this is pre COVID.
1: This is pre COVID. <laughs> yeah, This is pre COVID. And uh, I ended up going to um, uh, a couple of our docs. They ran blood tests and th- I I need everybody to hear that for a second blood tests. I'm going to give you the differentiator here in a second, but they ran blood tests and they said, no, you're healthy. Everything's good. Like everything looks great. You look great. You're the picture of health. You're, you're like what we would want everybody to look like. And I'm like, guys, I don't feel well. Like there's something Mm. wrong. And they're like, no, everything's good. Well, I went on a couple more months and I went to a functional medicine specialist and they ran some more tests, and they said, "Oh, this is what we see is wrong with you." And they, I bought fifteen hundred dollars worth of supplements and yeah. took those for a couple of weeks, and I was like, I'm, "I'm starting to feel worse. Like this is not okay." Um, I went to a um, a wedding with my wife, and we were working out in the uh, hotel gym. It was a Thursday morning, and. At the end of the workout, I just I passed out. Like I I don't remember anything from picking up the weight to ultimately waking up on the bed. And my wife goes, Justin, something's wrong. Like you have to go get this looked at. And so on Monday, I ended up going to New York City, went to see a specialist. They did an endoscopy and a colonoscopy, and found four polyps the size of my thumb and in my colon and an ulcer the size of a quarter. In um, my stomach, all of them precancerous, wow. and uh, and and I'm 29 at the time, yeah. and they go, I'm so sorry that like it took us this long to figure this out, but like if we hadn't done this, you wouldn't have seen your 35th birthday, mm. and it really hit me because it was at that moment that God spoke just so loudly and said. When are you going to stop serving the audience that you want to serve and start serving the audience that I called you to? And mm. it took me back to that 11-year-old kid where it was like you're you're built to redeem the health of the world, not built to serve the NHL. Right and, hockey players, yeah. right. and so that was uh, so I heard that and what do I immediately do? Well, I start to go into this identity piece of like, well, I'm nothing without the NHL. I'm I, that's what gives me my credibility. That's what allows me to have an impact. And if I actually took a step back, it was just an ego thing. It was wanting to have this logo on my chest, wanting to do this for, um, this one space. And, uh, and it was after COVID that I was like, you know what? I need to, I need to obey. I need to step away because I need to figure out what this is all about. And for probably eight months, it was a very dark, dark space for me. Um, I knew what God had put on my heart. I knew that there needed to be a revolution and a change in the health and wellness industry. I knew it needed to become more personalized. I knew it needed to become more preventable. I knew it needed to become more proactive. But I didn't know how to market it. I didn't know how to talk about it. I just knew how to do it. And it was focused around the contents of cellular testing, cellular micronutrient deficiency and, um, and heart rate variability. And I got, you've done all that before, right?
0: All of those types of, that's, that's
1: everything that I was doing with these NHL guys. That's how I was getting the results for these guys. And as I mentioned, I was doing this for them, but I had failed to do it for myself. And because I had failed to do it for myself, even though I was healthy by the standards of everybody else, no matter, even though I was running marathons, even though I was racing and winning world championships, even though I was looking great, I wasn't healthy internally, there was a disparity and a disintegration between how my body was feeling and operating internally and how I was looking externally. And so we have to realize that when you think about your health, your health is not one dimensional, your health is so multifactorial that we have to start looking at it from a holistic lens, but also having data to help run it not based off feelings and emotions, but rather off of true data and uh, and convictions, and so these are the things that I, I I knew we needed to do and talk about. But nobody understood heart rate variability. Nobody understood cellular deficiencies. No, I would talk, and people would go like, "Yeah, that sounds like it's for professional athletes because that's where I came from." Right. And so for eight months, I didn't have a job. For eight months, I was um, <laughs> literally just waking up every single morning, praying, begging to be honest with you for a breakthrough and and nothing was happening. I would try to go again. This is Justin pulling the cart, right? Just not being denied. I would go and try to convince people to work with me. Hey, say, hey, come on, like, just allow me to impact your life. Allow me to come and like, just educate you on this. Allow me to come and step in and, and, and show you what this is all about. and, they were like, "No, I'm good. Like, I've got a personal trainer, but I'm not a personal trainer. Like, this is so much different. No, I've got a nutritionist. No, that this, I'm not a nutritionist. That's not what we do. It's so much more than that." And then they're like, "I got a functional ther, a uh, functional doctor. No, stay away from them. Like, <laughs> that, that's not what we do. We can help you in a different way." And so I was just so frustrated, right? And and I became, uh, to be honest with you, I I became not fun to be around. My wife um, took a lot of um, my frustration and like a lot of my anger and God bless her for just being so patient, so kind, and so loving, to be honest with you, the same patient and love that my parents showed me as a young boy. And it was, uh, July of 2021. And I was in a, um, in a kayak and, My wife and I had had a little bit of an argument, a fight earlier that day. And she goes, Justin, just go be with God. Go sit in the kayak because you have to figure out what's going on here. And I was like, I don't need a kayak. I need to figure out what to do for my life. And she's like, you're not going to find it here. Just go out in the kayak. And so I reluctantly went and grabbed the kayak and went paddled. And I can't describe this any other way, Brant, than sitting in the kayak, looking forward. And it was almost like there was a sheet of glass. And there was a pinhole that had light shining through it. Mm. And I leaned forward, like, like, like actually leaned forward where in the past I may have sat back, grabbed my phone, distracted myself. And as I leaned forward, it was almost like it was a spiderweb cracking of the glass and then it shattered and fell. And I had this download that I've never experienced before. And I just started to write. I started to write. I started to write in my phone and my notes. And I was out there for about an hour and a half. I came back in, I copied and pasted everything I wrote. I sent it to myself in an email. I took it from there, put it in a Word doc, printed the Word doc. The Word doc was 23 pages, and it was the blueprint or the um, business manifesto of Own It, of what our business is today. And I showed Elise and uh, my wife, and she goes, Justin, this is incredible. Where did you get this from? I said, I didn't write this. Like, I don't even
0: know. This was because you told me to go out in the kayak here. Right.
1: That's right. Don't send me in the kayak. We're going to come back with a different answer or a different thing every single time. But, but that was, that was it. And that was the start of own it. And so, um, Now, where does
0: the name come from? Was that part of the revelation as you, uh, peeked through that pinhole? That's such
1: a great, that's such a great question. I've, I don't know if anybody ever asked me that question on a podcast before, but own it comes from the concept of during this eight month period, um, my wife would constantly say to me, because again, I I had moments where I was just so angry and so um, upset and bitter. And a lot of times with God, to be honest with you, Mm. and um, she would constantly say to me, Justin, just take this moment and own it. Just take this moment and like, Mm. stop blaming people. Stop pushing it off on other people. Stop trying to seek some semblance of distraction. Take your head out of the sand and own it. Own this moment of where you're at. And I was like, man, that is just so good for what we need to do with our health is we need to take ownership of it. So many of us are just pushing off our health on – Um, our doctors or our clinicians or our functional specialists or our trainers, or they're pushing the responsibility off on other people rather than taking ownership. And I define Mm -hmm. ownership as the intersection point of accountability and responsibility. The moment that you say, hey, I want to learn, I want to educate myself, and I want to empower myself with the information necessary that I know exactly what's happening inside of my body. I don't need to be the expert, but I'm the one who's learning and understanding it to a level in which I can now make more personalized and more empowered choices and decisions on how I'm acting every single day and I'm going to put an accountability measure in place with a person place or a thing so that ultimately I can now make sure that what I'm doing for myself is the best thing to pull me forward to realize my God-given potential.
0: Love it. And its mission is has been your mission since the age of 11, right? Redeeming the health of the world. Yeah. And and now you're doing it broadly, right? I mean, how many Folks, are you touching now? I think you mentioned when we spoke the other day about 50 employees now worldwide. Yeah, so um, not quite 50, but we're,
1: we're at 40 employees uh, yeah. worldwide, and uh, we're 100% completely virtual. And so that allows us to have, again, kind of assemble the best team possible. Um, uh, every single one of our team members is... So wildly credentialed and so educated and so experienced, whether that's um, the uh, ex-performance director for the New York Giants to the uh, uh, ex-performance specialist for uh, Richard Branson, like you name it, like we've just got some amazing talent on our team because they bought and fell in love with the mission, which is to redeem the health of the world through educating equipping and empowering people to take ownership of their health in a personalized way so they can realize their God-given potential. And they just saw the way that we use data. They saw the way we use testing. They saw the way we use technology. And when they saw the way we used coaching to build this system, that's different than anything else you're doing out there. And,
0: um, it really created the massive change. And you've done something so rare, which I find so unique. And again, so humble. You're not the CEO you founded this, but you brought in your wonderful wife and she's actually the CEO of the organization, correct? Yes. And so that was, to be honest with you, that again,
1: it goes back to what I said at the very beginning was this isn't my business. This is God's business. And for me, how can I steward this thing? Well, and Mm -hmm. I knew that I was not the business guy Uh, Mm -hmm. at the time. My wife was the vice president of Christian Louboutin, um, a fashion shoe company based in New York city. And she just knew how to build teams. She knew how to build systems. She knew how to scale uh, processes. And I didn't know any of those things. Like I was just, I'm, I'm an idea guy. I'm a visionary. I, um, I'm passionate, and I'm just gonna work hard to get things done. But she's like, no, let's work efficiently. Let's work smart. Let's build systems that we can scale. That we can do this. And to be honest with you, every mentor that we have. Let me back up. So about three months into this business she started to see what was happening, started to see the traction that was coming. And she said, what, what would you think if I, if I came on board and helped and was the CEO of the company? I was like, yes, done. Like the Lord spoke and said, like, <laughs> I've always known that my wife and I would do business together because we're so different. We're so yeah. different in our skill sets and bringing her into the business and empowering her that way has just been the biggest gift of my life. And to be honest, the thing that I've had to learn, and I think the way that um, God has continued to bless this, um, venture that we're on. Not only is it rooted in his, his anointing, but also I've had to learn how to be a better husband. I've had to learn how to prioritize our marriage and our relationship over the business, which for me originally was very hard because I, I, I'm a, I'm a pusher. I'm a charger. I'm a, uh, I'm a doer. And, wanting to see scale, wanting to see growth, but knowing that, Hey, when I bless my wife, when I show her that she has me as a husband, when I can support her, when I can love her, when I can give her the time attention necessary, uh, as, as a husband, then all of a sudden we, we take massive leaps and bounds, uh, for me as a founder, from getting on stages to speaking, to writing books, to, um, uh, Marketing to you name it, like things just started to work, and that was I think the biggest lesson that I learned in that as as she continued to kind of come over and and work with us and as we as we worked together, we brought in some different mentors, some mentors that could actually help take us through and I cannot tell you, Brandt, how many people I can probably say there's probably ten plus people that said. You can't do coaching. You can't do testing. You can't do technology, and you can't do it all at the same time. You have to choose one. And I said, that's not how the system works. That's <laughs> not how. Like, no. That like, that's what everybody else does. You're telling me you have, you want to be a testing company? Great. You can't do cellular testing. Just do blood testing. Well, there's a big difference. I know what blood testing is. Blood testing is looking at what's broken. That's what our medical system does. Right. You look at a, a blood panel that comes back. You got high cholesterol. You got high kidney enzymes, you got high liver enzymes, you got, um, low red blood cell count, whatever it might be, it's looking at what's broken. And so once you look at what's broken, why do we look at what's broken? So that we can either get you scheduled for surgery. We can either get you scheduled for some level of prescription. We can give you some, uh, uh, put you into the medical system in some way, shape or form. We're looking for what's broken and we're masking or mirroring that as something that's personalized, but it's not, it's a general approach it's not proactive. And so then you've got your health experts who say, Hey, we're going to do a blood test on you. And now I'm going to give you 14 supplements. Well, those supplements aren't built for you. They're calling it customized and personalized, but it's just things off the shelf that they're putting into a shoebox and saying, Hey, here you go. This is your solution. Or they're giving you a PDF that they're saying, Hey, this is personalized. This is your meal plan. This is what you need to eat. This is what you need to do from an exercise standpoint. Well, again, that's just put through an algorithm that's been able to be scaled, and that's what they're giving to you. That again is not built for you, is not built based off what your lifestyle looks like, is not based on what you need and what you're required, is not built on what your um, priorities are today. And so these are the things that I was just like, the system is broken. And I was so just convicted on if we did, if we did not put Cellular testing, which is looking at truly what you're dysfunctional in at the cellular level, what your body does not have in order to operate, pair that with heart rate variability, looking at how your body is adapting to stress and strain mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and then personalizing your habits and behaviors that you're engaging in daily So that we then as coaches can hold you accountable to that, both on the cognitive behavioral therapy side where we're changing your thoughts and behaviors around why you're doing something, but then also on your strength and conditioning and nutrition side of how are you actually living and recovering. That's the solution that needs to be there. And that was how it was supposed to be operated. And we were told countless times, dozen times, you'll never be able to scale this. You'll never be able to operate this further than the two of you. And God just continued to say, just have patience. Just have patience. And I, he, I mean, at the end of the day, he just goes, Hey, hold my beer, watch
0: this. <laughs> Justin, where can our listeners go and learn more about your system?
1: Yeah. So, uh, ownitcoaching.com is, uh, is where they can go and and find out more about this. Um, if you want to go directly right to the cellular testing, uh, ownittesting.com is, uh, is, is where you can go and get started with that right away.
0: And you've had a new book that just came out. Where can we find out about that?
1: I do have a new book coming out. Uh, it's called the power of ownership, redeem your health, live life by design and break the relentless pursuit of normal. And, um, it, it's it's, it's again, this is just a God download. One last quick story here, Brant. I know we have to wrap up. But as I was finishing this book and turning the manuscript into Wiley, uh, I had a dream one night. And it, it, uh, the Lord literally said, that's not the book I asked you to write. And I woke <laughs> up in the next morning and um, angry for the next two days. And I was like, I'm just going to turn it in anyways. And the, the dream would not go away. Every single night I heard the same thing. And so on a Friday, I cleared my calendar for the next week and I revamped the entire book and I just, I I can't tell you how just anointed this is and how gifted this is. John Maxwell said, um, it's the, uh, uh, the next level version of atomic habits um, that's personalized to you based on data. And, and I'm just like, john Maxwell, john Gordon, like these, pe- these people are just so behind it, which is just such a blessing. And uh, you can find it at the power of ownership And uh, depending on when this comes out, you can get all the free bonuses that are in there as well with this, um, that I think is really just going to help you and empower you to take ownership of your health and, and ultimately change your life.
0: Awesome. We're just about out of time, but we have two last questions to ask for you. Tell us a little bit about your daily routine to, you know, continue to walk with Christ. It's so good. I wake up every single morning
1: uh, at six a.m. and uh, I immediately go uh, and get into a workout. And as soon as I get into that workout, I finish. I go into a sauna, and uh, that's where I do my Bible study, Bible reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, I tried to do it the other way around, and um, it was it was preparing and posturing myself so that I could then have undistracted time um, uh, with Christ. And the five uh, there's five times throughout the day that I have intentional pauses. So uh, my first one is when I step foot in the sauna. The second one is in the shower, asking him what he wants me to hear throughout the day after that. Third time is right around noon. I have a five-minute pause and just reset. And then uh the fourth one is right after my workday before I go uh and sit down at dinner. I ask my I ask the Lord what he wants me to hear um on how I can bless Elise uh, throughout the evening. Mm. And then uh, the last one is uh, right before I go to bed, I've got a devotional that I do um, and finish, uh, finish, finish with my prayer. So those are the five things that, uh, that I do throughout the day um, that really kind of set me up to uh, continue this walk in a deep way.
0: Love it. Last question is, uh, we ask all this of all our guests, what advice would you have for somebody, you know, 10, 15 years younger than you that maybe is thinking about, you know, the corner office someday or, or perhaps being an entrepreneur like yourself? What, what kind of life advice would you give them? I I wish I would have learned this long ago, but the Lord wants you to be
1: successful. The Lord Mm -hmm. wants you to win. The Lord has so much abundance set for you. He has so much greatness set for you. And if you were just willing to slow down and listen and ask the question, I ask myself two questions every single day. Lord, what is it that I am doing that I have failed to invite you into? And what is it that you're asking me to do that I have failed to pick up. Those are the two things that if I can be so clear on those each and every single day, then everything, every single thing that I do, every single thing that I step into, every single thing that I move forward in, I'm going to be able to uh, do in a very anointed way. And I've got this perfect life metric that um, I come back and like, what, does, what do I want people to know or hear or describe me as? And I want to be known as somebody who is a starter of what God asks, but a finisher of what God blesses. And if you're able to just stay um, attuned to those two questions that I mentioned, you're 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 living in a world that
0: you can't lose. Justin Rothling, chauffeur, is redeeming the health of the world through one book, one keynote, one workshop, one business, and one person at a time. He's co-founder of Own It Coaching. Justin. Thank you so much for sharing your journey into the corner office. It's been a blessing. Thank you so much, Brant. Thank you for listening to Into the Corner Office with
1: Brant Hanley. We hope you enjoyed hearing our guest CEO story as much as we did. If you want to hear more CEOs reveal their journey into the corner office, please subscribe
0: via iTunes and tell your friends and colleagues. For more information about Brandt, Resource Options International, and the mighty middle market, visit www.goforroy.com. We look forward to having you join us for our next episode.